Hi everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Math Therapy Sessions podcast. Our guest for today is Carl Varel. Carl is currently a purple belt in BJJ and is the founder of West Bay BJJ Academy in Mumbai. He has participated and won many medals in various jiu-jitsu tournaments in India and abroad and is an athlete for Monster Energy. The audio podcast is available on Spotify and Anchor. The links to that are in the description down below. Drop a like if you like this video and consider subscribing if you end up loving it. And also don't forget to comment down below your thoughts on the podcast. Till then, enjoy the episode. So Carl, how did you get into BJJ? I initially I was doing MMA. Okay. But I started off with kickboxing. But uh, how did I actually get into kickboxing? So I used to be into racing. Okay. And plenty of crashes on the track, but you know you're in a full suit. You have the best helmets. Mm. You're really really safe. You 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 mess up on track, you have a runoff area, mm. and everything happens, right? But uh, all up into one fine day where I was riding in Juhu and just going for coffee, right? Okay. And you're not really geared up when you go for coffee. Just a helmet, gloves. Very good and normal shoes, but uh, thanks to Bombay potholes, I hit a pothole mm. and I was slightly off the bike. Mm. Okay, now I was riding a thousand cc bike, so when I had to pull myself back, this happened. It was like a throttle, and the bike just shot. When it shot, it dragged me along. So I was unconscious. I woke up to my friend waking me up, and uh, helmets off, everything, and I'm like, I'm good. Where's the bike? Mm. You know and He's like, just stay down, man. Just stay down. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. You know, everything's fine. Like, I can talk. I can breathe. Everything's cool. Everything. Yeah, and they just stay down. I'm like, so I get up and I look at my leg, and my ankle is smashed. My bones are popping out. But it was so bad that I didn't even feel it. And I'm like, oh shit, I can't feel my leg anymore. Damn. (laughs) So, in the shock, I passed out again. Woke up in the hospital, and my dad came there. You know, and then the doctors are like, man, you need like. Two plates and fifteen screws. That's not happening. <laughs> I had mm. science in college. I know what I'm, I know what's happening, but I'm not getting plates. There, there must be a better way to do this. Mm. To fix it. So they were like, "No, no, no. You gotta do this and stuff." Mm. And uh, I went back home that day. They gave me painkillers. They put like a half plaster with a wood piece underneath, and they were like, "You can do what you want." So next morning, my dad took me to one of his friends' hospital, and he's like, "Ah, right, yeah, you can, you know." We can heal, but without anything. But it's gonna take you nine months, mm. and I'm like, I'll do it. Nine months on the bed. Five months later, I found myself cutting out the plaster because it was annoying. I went to physio. They were like, your legs are strong enough. Mm. I'm like, no, it's strong. I mean, let's go. Mm. They like stand, you know. And then I just fell back down. Mm. They re-put the plaster. One month later, I'm doing the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and this time, I like made up my mind. Like I am. Going to get physio and I'm going to start walking. Right. I couldn't even stand, mm. so I was on like four crutches. From four, I went on to one, mm. and I'm like, okay, now I can stand. Within two weeks, there was a race coming up. Okay. It was a drag race. It's not a track race. It was a drag race, and I'm like, I want to do this. Your mind was still into that. Yeah, I was like, my bike was still under repairs because imported stuff, so parts take time to come, insurance, right. that, and. But I wanted to go race, so I I go I call up a friend. I'm like, I need a bike, bro. Go race. They literally tied my leg to the bike. Did it. I came last, but I wanted to do it. That was the goal. Just it's crazy. Do Just it. To, yeah. Yeah. It's a 400 meter drag strip. I'm like, do it. Came last. No problem. Cool. But now I can stand. Mm-hmm. I can. I have one crash. I can walk. So from there, the next month I went back to racing. Okay. And I went back to track racing in a month. In a month, yeah. So this is like seven months down the line now, right? Doctor said nine months, but but I couldn't bend my ankle as such. So I go into racing my practice session. I go one, two, three. I'm like brilliant. I'm back at it. And then the next was a right turn. So I go. I'm already at my speed that I need to take the turn on. Like I was eighty plus I'm going down. I'm like shit. I can't bend my leg. So if I can't bend my leg, I cannot pull the bike down. Right. And I'm like I'm crashing. So I go straight. Straight off the track, Another into crash. the tires, I crashed again, I'm like, shit. And I was the first thing I wake up and I was like, is my leg fine? I can feel my leg, okay, brilliant, my leg's fine. I stand up, I'm like, my leg's fine. Mm. But now I broke my wrist. <laughs> so I was like, shit, man, it's bad luck. Uh, after that, so I was 
I was a wild card for Suzuki racing. So I used to race for Suzuki. They would supply the bike to me, everything. All I'd go is with my helmet on the track. Everything else is given to me and I race for them. Mm. And these are like one make championships. So after that, they were like, you know what? You're not fit to race anymore. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not fit? Because I've been, I've been like into sports all my life. Like right. I've been playing football. I used to play hockey. Mm. I used to run in college. Mm. And uh, they were like, you know, you're not fit. And I'm like, I'm not fat. They were like, you're not fit. You know? So I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, touch your toes. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't even touch my toes anymore. Because I've been on the bed for seven months that I got really, really less, like stuck up. And uh, that really irritated me. Like when someone tells you you're not fit enough and then you can see it for yourself, you know, right. like you feel okay, but there's, your body can do nothing. So I have another biking friend who owns a gym in Bandra. So I call him up I'm like, listen, man, I lost my contract. I'm not fit. I need to do some kind of workout. And he's like, yeah, come to the gym. And I'm like, no, I, ca- I can't go to a gym and just lift weights. It's like not my thing. Gym. Yeah, a traditional weightlifting gym, strength training. I'm like, it's not my thing. You know, Tell me something that's interesting. So he's like, try CrossFit. I'm like, something better. Mm. She's so like, you know what? You stay in Andheri. Five minutes down the road, there's this gym. You can do kickboxing over there. And I'm like, but I can't kick. He's like, why? I'm like, Doc said, forget about kicking. I can't even run. Mm. And even if I do run, I'll never run the same again. That's what I've been told by the doctors. Because it was the ankles, like, mm. and it was crushed. And uh, so I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just, you know, do boxing. Something's better than nothing. So I go to this gym, walk in, sign up. They were like, any injuries? I'm like, yeah, my leg. So I'm like, cool. So let's do boxing. I started off with boxing and then... Over a few months, I think a couple of months, I started doing kicks in the air. Okay. It helped me build balance. It helped me open up my hamstrings, stretch, you know. So it was still something. Mm. And I started kicking the bag slowly, started off with bag work. And before before I even knew it, I'm kicking that bag really hard, the same leg, transitions to kicking people in the face. right? And I loved it. So, mm. and then my coach is like, you know what, you should just try fighting. And I'm like, I'm going to get smashed. I've been doing this for six months. And there's no way I'm ready for a fight. And he's like, nah, good try it out. The semi-contact. Why not? It's not even a full contact fight. Started kickboxing fights and started winning. Started winning, winning, winning from semi-contact. I went to full contact. And it was brilliant. I come back to the gym and you're all happy. And then one fine day, they have like, oh, we're doing BJJ. I'm like, what is BJJ? Mm. So. This was which year? This is 2014. So, Almost nine years back. Yeah. And like, oh, we're doing jiu-jitsu. And I, I see, and it was very basic. Very, mm. very basic. I mean, looking back now, it looks very, very basic. But it was still something. Mm. Huh? You know how to bridge, shrimp, sprawl. You know, your basic kimura, guillotine. I'm like, brilliant. And my first impression was like, why are two guys hugging each other, like gay people, and just rolling on the floor and without a t-shirt on? You know, like, just hugging, just staying there. It's, it's so unhygienic. And, but I was forced, if you want to go into MMA, you know, you need to have some kind of ground control, right? right? So I was forced to do it. If I want to fight MMA, I should at least defend myself. Mm. I started doing it and then I just kept doing it. Uh, three months down the line, I'm sparring against a bigger guy and it starts working. And I'm like, this is magic. What are these superpowers, right? <laughs> so I'm like, cool. I mean, this is fun. Mm. After that, I went into MMA fight. It was a full contact fight. Uh, amateur, obviously. And I lost that fight on the ground because this guy mounted me. I took him down, but he mounted me mm. and I had no idea how to get out. Right. Like, you know how you teach in a gym how to bridge, but there was no actual... To reverse like, that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I knew how to do it, but it's not working. Mm. Now, that could be many reasons. It could be lack of technique, lack of reps or whatever. But I just didn't know how to. And uh, I was facing the cage. So, and this guy was at it, punching me, ground and pound. And I got knocked out. The ref cannot see my face. Mm. My coach cannot find the towel to throw in. Mm. So, and I was out. So they had to literally rush through the cage and like stop the fight. And I was carried out that day. Now this affected me so much. I'm like, I need to learn something. Mm. So I started putting more time into jiu-jitsu. And, but it was just the same. There was no improvement as such. I went, after that, I just, it was a French bachelor party. Like, oh, we're going to Thailand to chill. So I go there, I don't drink, I don't do any of the things. So while they were getting drunk, I'm like, I'm going to go to some Muay Thai. Really? Yeah. So because <laughs> I already do striking. So I'm like, and there's this Benham training camp in Pattaya. So I just walk in, 
it was like so they were partying for three days i was training for three days straight <laughs> right and what else do i do right so like you pre-decided which uh, gym to go in no i just i just walked in went over there google when i'm training camp i'm like brilliant when i'm a brick brand you know it should be good sure, but just yeah. walk in it's like five minutes away from where we are staying mm. All evening we would do like bike shopping and then all morning I would train and they were still getting drunk in the morning. And there I saw Jiu-Jitsu class and I'm like, this is completely different from what I do. Like, I mean, mm. so I go, I'm like, can I have a trial class? They were like, yeah, you're most welcome. You know? And even my shrimps were shit. I thought I knew how to shrimp. Mm. I thought I knew how to bridge, but that was shit. So I'm like, this is, this is amazing. So I did three days over there. And I'm like, this is amazing. I really want to get so better. So in what way were they different according to you at that time? I I think maybe when you say, when you talk about nine years back, Jiu-Jitsu was fairly, fairly new over here. Right. Right. So we took whatever we got. From the internet or something. Uh, so no. my, we did have a coach, but I don't know how good he was. Okay. You know, from where he learned. I didn't yeah. bother questioning. Mm. Really small details which actually make the move really work. Right, like when you shrimp, you don't really drag your hip on the ground. You carry it slightly off the ground and, you know, use your hands and your hips at the same time. So small details that I learned over there, which really, really, and I'm like, I come back, I try it in the gym and it starts working. Mm. All of a sudden, my basic bridge just never works against heavier guys. Now it starts working. So I'm like, brilliant. And I really want to get, I want to get better at this. Because now, next year, I want to fight the same tournament I wanna, and I want to win. Mm. Just Google. First, I checked out Singapore because it was close by. But visa issues or whatever and uh, because if you want to do nine months of jiu-jitsu in singapore you have to have a job okay or else why would they give you a visa you just mm. cannot say oh i'm coming to train jiu-jitsu <laughs> and I'm, I'm give me a visa no. Fair enough, yeah. so the next one was thailand mm. so i just googled uh i checked reviews i spent a lot of time on you know doing my research about it and then Phuket top team olawa abrio had amazing reviews reviews yeah so I'm like, and they have this white to blue belt course. So I'm like, I'm just going to go here. Three months straight up, three times a day. Do it. So I just walk into the gym and I was so welcoming, right? Like, and everything, like the Phuket top team at the gym, they helped me with my visa. They helped me with everything, accommodation, food. You're just, you just, just make the payment and you land over there. They take care of everything for you. And there's just, and I walk in and this guy is like so welcoming. Like, hey, good morning. Welcome. I'm going to teach. And I'm like, who are you? And he's like, I'm, I'm your professor. I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. And he's so welcoming and so warm. Jumped into the class and uh, getting smashed. Getting smashed, <laughs> right? Like, and you think, like, you think, oh, you know what? Like, I'm a guy. And I don't know what, but probably as Indians, we're we bought off with a mindset of guys are really stronger than girls. Mm. And over there, I had the same thing. I'm like, you know what? I'll fight against guys, but don't put me against girl. I really want to go hard, right? Because I already had the fighter mindset. And I was like, go with the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this, this girl was a small blue belt. In five minutes, she tapped me out seven times. <laughs> right? And like, it's like 10 seconds, she's got my neck. She's choking me out. I'm like, okay, now you know what you're doing. So I'm going to go hard on you. Mm. And then the next 10 seconds, she has my hand. She's like, tap or I break it. I'm like, fuck. Like, you know? It humbles you. Yeah. And then, so just... Keep your head down and just kept training, training, training. And then three months down the line, you do the same thing to someone else. Mm. So now you know, okay, now it's, it's actually working. It's just mat time. These mats will not lie. Mm. And uh, at the end of three months, I did the course. I did everything that they asked for. And I didn't get my blue belt. <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, just just not good enough. Mm. And I was like totally fine with it. I mean, my, I think my coach knows best. I come back home. And I go back to my gym, all excited to try to do so. And I, all of a sudden, I'm tapping everyone in the gym. Mm. So that's three months really, really worked. So I'm like, this is brilliant. You, know, you, never, you never thought you could do this. Like even the bigger guys, irrespective of strength or whatever, we're beating them. So I'm like, brilliant. Next year, same thing. I go back to train. I do three months. Now I get my blue belt because now I'm good enough. Right. Like I didn't think I was good enough, but my coach thought I was good enough. So I got my blue belt. I come back and then I realized I don't have good training partners. Mm. So I spoke to my head coach over there and I'm like, you know, can we do something about this? And he's like, uh, why don't you just, you know, pick a few guys and just train them every day. Mm. So I, we, we were like four other guys who are really, really interested in learning this because they found it interesting. Mm. And the four of us would train every day. Okay. 
after six months, the five of us started smashing everyone in the gym. Mm. And then when they saw this, they were like, people were like, shit. Mm. And, and then since there were no tournaments actually happening, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to organize one. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so we in, had like a basic... In Bombay? Yeah, at the gym. Okay. Yeah. So just put a post on Instagram like, oh, you know what? Big enough it has allowed. But if you have less than a year of experience, just go fight. Mm-hmm. No. Let's do something for the new guys. And surprisingly, these four guys who've been training with me, out of, we had five people compete and four picked up goals. So I was like, this is really working. You know? And it's, it's nice to see uh, something that, uh, I, I can say like, you know what? I taught these guys. So it was, it was really, it was a really good feeling. It's a personal like, achievement. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know, they're contributing to the gym and to maybe to society. You're giving well. it back. Yeah. Right. Uh, so after that, I kept going to Thailand every year, mm. right? 2020, 21, I missed 21. They, they sent me back halfway because of the whole COVID scene. They were like, you need to fly back now mm. or else you just stuck over here. So I flew back, mm. but it's. And then, uh, so I came back, nothing to do. There's no gym, nothing. The gym that I used to go to, they shut. Okay. A lot of gyms, uh, I think, yes. shut down in the pandemic. Right? Because how do you afford the rent? Survive you know, that, Or yeah. whatever. So just basic stuff, they shut. And there's nothing we could do about it. Hmm. So, and then that's where my coach came in. I was like, you know what? We're doing an online seminar. I'm like, how do you do Jiu-Jitsu online? That's not possible. Yeah, it's a physical I'm, I'm stuck in my house. I don't have a partner. I have a dog, but he's not up for it. <laughs> so how do we do? And he's like, we're going to build a dummy. And I'm like, are you serious? So we put a pillow inside, put a pillow, a hoodie over it, towels as the hands. And we're doing an online seminar. That's crazy. Yeah. People from all over the world. Like, Ola was there. And like 40 other people on Zoom. And we're doing an online seminar. Wow. I'm on my terrace with a dummy on the floor, no mats, nothing, getting scratched, but it, it worked brilliant, mm. you know, and it was so nice to do it. And I'm like, if he can do it, why not we? So I'm like, coach, can we uh, do something about this? Can I, can I do something in Bombay? He's like, yeah, go ahead, mm. do it. I literally charge people 300 bucks for a three week course. I'm like I will teach you guys fundamental jujitsu. You have nothing else to do in the lockdown. You're sitting at home. Just wake up in the morning. Mm. Show up. Even if you don't learn for self-defense, it's still good movement for your body. You're of opening course, up your hips. You're opening up your legs, your neck. Why not? And people started joining. The, the response is amazing. And it's not only from India. People from Malaysia were joining in. So I was <laughs> like... And so my question to these guys was, you all have black belts there. Why are you joining an Indian guy who's a blue belt? They were like, probably because it's intimidating. You know, we are, we are more free with you. you yeah. Secondly, it's cheap. Mm. I was not doing it for the money. I'm just doing it because I'm going to spread it out. That's very honest of them to say that. Yeah, they just said it. I'm like, cool. Yeah, man, nice. It's like I met one guy in Phuket and he told his friends and then they joined in and it was amazing, you know. And uh, so after that, there was one guy in Donan Samnar who owned a small movement space, a gym. He's into calisthenics and parkour and stuff. So he's like, and the lockdown, the first lockdown got over and uh, like, you know what, we can use our space, that space yeah. and let's just train physically. Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Why not? Mm. We were like, uh, so from the online sessions, we had guys come in. Mm. We were like four or five of us. So I'm like, you know what, let's all just contribute, make the rent because we have to pay him something because he's helping us. Right. And uh, let's just train. And we just started training and it just became a daily thing. The second lockdown hit, but now we were already hooked on. So how do we stop training? <laughs> so we would go to these parks, like everywhere we have small parks. Right. Like, so in Andheri you have Vasova, you have these small parks and they're all barricaded. So we would jump the barricades. It's early in the morning. So no one's coming over there. True. Jump the barricades. <laughs> we bought a few mats, put them on the floor. The mats are coming out because it's a small, thin gym mats, you know, for your weights. Inside training every day. And no one stopped? Like, no, one, no, there's no one there. Because no one's allowed to enter. Right. But we would just like jump Sneak fences in, yeah. and do it. We started training. Rain, no rain, whatever. We just training, you know. And it just was amazing. Second lockdown hit, uh, got over. And then 
we were like let's just keep going mm. and slowly people started joining in so i'm like this is brilliant you know so let's just go with the flow i mean why not we have the time they're doing i'm doing one class a day it's not too much to give that time anyways i want to train and slowly i had training partners as well mm. and it's surprising to see how good people became and now you're actually rather than just playing with people actually forced to start moving right so i was like this is brilliant and kept going back to forget and i recently this year oh sorry 2022 march is when i got my purple belt wow i was Crazy. not ready for it <laughs> <laughs> so uh blue to purple was four years for me mm. obviously because i'm not training consistently with high level people so but whatever i think and it, the indian level is pretty good so i don't think i was ready but my coach thinks i was ready but it was amazing and then so i i kept talking to my coach you know like you know this is what i'm doing we i'm just doing some basic fundamentals with these guys and it's really helping so my coach or professor ola he would ask me to help out with the kids batch over there so he would teach me how to teach people hmm. so i don't mess up too much hmm. <laughs> right so that was amazing yeah so that's how i got into jiu jitsu and that's how your west base started Yes, that's how. So we just one friend was like, you know what? Let's just get some more people to roll. But we need more training partners. Right. We need to get better, right? Uh, because as soon as the lockdown got over, people started going back abroad. So we need no. Now we need training partners. Right. Like, oh, let's just put something in Instagram and just get people. In. So how did you come up with the, the name West Bay? I always believe that Bombay is an emotion mm-hmm. compared to Mumbai. So and we are at a bay. We yeah. are a bay. Yeah. And we are at the west. So that's it. <laughs> I I don't want to call it Mumbai. Just it's no no. So just just randomly best page is it so, and uh, so it's a very catchy name. Like so, I just affiliated with my coach. I'm like, you know what? Like, can you help us out? He's like, any any plans to get professor to Bombay ever soon? Anytime soon? Hopefully by next year, I have my own space. Okay. I buy out my own gym, mm-hmm. uh, like a proper jujitsu focused only gym. Mm-hmm. So definitely, I'll get him down there. Okay. Like right now, we're still getting my wrestling coaches down. You know, people coming for seminars. I'll, right now i can't afford my coach <laughs> but also it makes more sense for me to go there because mm-hmm. when you're now a temple jujitsu okay so earlier your top team and top team shut in the lockdown and then he decided to open up his own gym mm-hmm. you can train with a new person every day okay there's people from all around the world be it norway finland russia australia this everyone like 40 so people that, in a so match every day that's a good thing right like you can yeah so you have cross training you learn something new like not necessarily what this guy does he does the same thing now might be the same move but different details right and something might work for me that might not work for you right just different body types so i tend so we can pick up what works for me so you learn something new every understood. day understood right and the better training partners you have the hard, the more you get smashed the more you learn so that's a very good it, life Yeah, so it it makes more sense for me to actually go there, and I always encourage my students to go there as well. I'm like, if you guys going for a holiday, go to Phuket, man. It's amazing to chill, train one time a day, <laughs> and they do it. They're doing it. Wow. So, so that was my whole transition from. And once you get hooked onto BJJ, just the time, like after all these years, I don't want to get punched in my face anymore. I still train MMA. I still do pad work. I still spar. but i don't fight anymore i was going to ask you that so you started with kickboxing yes. then you mean now you're in bjj yeah so i just you, got hooked on i mean do you still uh, do some kickboxing or i train kickboxing 3 times a week okay but i don't fight anymore so i still spar so you still compete now only in bjj yes hmm. competing only in bjj because you just i don't i don't want to get injured right anymore hmm. like as you grow older your body takes time to heal but jiu jitsu You can do it for as long as you want, right? All you have to do is tap. Right. Something going wrong, just tap. Mm. Now you're safe. There's the risk of injury is very low compared to kickboxing. So, so like, what's the whole thing of like, like you said, the Indian mentality of that men are stronger. See, like, I mean, we yes. have that notion, right? Yeah. Something similar is with the tapping. Like, you know, uh, you don't want to tap. So, should you tap or should you not tap? If I mean, you don't tap, your... that's ego, right? Okay. Usually, when someone who knows what they're doing, you when you roll against higher belts, mm. they will let go. they will nudge you they will tell you right like if i'm rolling with a white belt now mm. and if i get an armbar and he's like oh i'm flexible i'm like no man there's a certain level where your hand will go to and then all of a sudden pop it's out right so 
but i'll still tell so him. do you still go for it or do you tell no, the person no no i would i would never like to enjoy my training partners mm-hmm. at the end of the day if if i enjoy someone he's out for a good 2 3 months mm-hmm. i don't have a training partner but that can happen during a tournament or something like that yes mm-hmm. so when you're going you going sh- all out yeah so but as you know what's happening and you know the risk involved you yeah. start tapping right i think if you don't tap it's just it's just ego yeah right and you you should not be bringing that kind of ego to the mat i'm not saying you should not have ego if you want to be competitive you should have ego yeah. but not while training at the right you don't want to get injured mm. right but i mean but that's most of a higher belts but what if you're going against a white belt against a white belt he's going at it and if you don't tap on time your hands out mm. now what you're off that's why you signed waivers <laughs> so uh, how was the whole transition for you from an athlete to a coach say like like example you need to become a professor you need to learn something like uh, to a point but for you i mean it came out of nowhere like because you needed training partner yes. there was the pandemic so it's something like a little bit forced on you but now you have adopted it and you are excelling at it as a coach yes so how how was the transition from you know, you know from an athlete to a coach so i didn't even realize how it happened right? okay but i just started talking to my professor and he started helping me teach people and then like we've gone from four people to over 50 people right now wow and so i'm also forced to learn hmm. so what i also do is i i send feedback forms every 3 4 months or maybe 6 months max hmm. so whatever feedback i'm getting i'm also learning from that right. like i try my best to learn besides that i'm also in touch with my mma coach and he he's a very uh, he also guides me mentally mm-hmm. right how to max out your max potential what are you doing what are you not doing are you taking action of your thoughts mm-hmm. so i am forced to do that which is a good thing but right, rather than oh because usually you have a plan and then you're just sitting on it mm-hmm. you're not actually taking action mm-hmm. but these when you when you actually i think it the people in your life make you who you are mm. right so when you keep talking to such people you're always driven to that right so yeah pushes me a lot so i didn't really understand when i moved from a student to a coach but so, as a coach also still you have to keep upgrading yourself yes so that your students are up to date with and that's why i'm every year back in thailand learning new stuff the the sport is evolving there's new shit happening every day there's people inventing new stuff every day right. and if you're not up to date with that you're going to be lacking behind it's almost close to a decade for you now in the sport mm-hmm. almost close to a decade so how do you keep motivating yourself uh, except the physical part like to get physically fit or healthy yeah so there's a lot of mental thing also for in bjj which is very important exactly so i always i i i'm a very big follower of someone like David Goggins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about it. Of course. Yeah. So and I follow what he says like motivation is shit. Mm. Right? But the moment you put a goal in front of you so now I am driven to that goal. Mm. Right? Let's say I have a fight coming up in one week and I have to cut 2 kgs. Now irrespective of it's raining, it's snowing, whatever, you have to go cut that. You don't have a choice. Mm. So you can't slack over that. and so what i do is every year i set my goals like i have my entire 23 planned out a, I, a day prior or no no i have my entire year planned out okay so i know when i'm going to have to train i know where i'm fighting i know when i'm fighting i know my next fight i know the fight i'm fighting in november i know so how do you do that do you journal do you like i mean how do you do yes that? i make notes okay so i have notes i'm like okay i'm going to do two months in thailand now i'm going to fight three fights over here from here i'm going to go to this country i'm going to fight over because it's all on smooth comp the fights mm-hmm. are all online mm-hmm. so you you know when it wants i'm going to come back i'm going to take this time of uh, i'm going to focus on my gym over here i'm going to go back to thailand in october and then fly over here and november to fight over here and then december i'm going to fight this fight mm-hmm. so i have my entire year right so obviously you cannot be pushing for the entire year so that's why i give my breaks in between i know when to take a step down and let your body recover so i plan everything mm-hmm. but that's not motivation now i'm driven right so i i'm getting my break i'm not like i'm pushing like a mad animal 24/7 for the whole year mm. so but when i know the fight's coming up i'm pushing mm. so that's more of since i have my goal i'm driven to that now besides that since i'm coaching it's it's i have to take ownership of my guys 
because they are still paying me now. Right. Right. We're still making rent, but and they're also paying me a certain amount, so it means I have to give back to them. Mm. Surprisingly, most of the guys coming to gym coming to word of mouth, right? Out of all, like let's say take a number for ten people. Okay. Eight people are coming in through word of mouth, and two are coming through social media. Mm. It's crazy. Right. It's supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, in today's world, it's supposed to be the other way. But it's crazy. Yeah. And I suck at Instagram. I'm not a. I'm not so great at Instagram. Uh, your Instagram page is one of the coolest page because uh, I mean you. once you go like of course I link down uh, in the description of the video but once anyone goes in your on your social media page you know it's just not BJJ it's a lot much more than that which we'll talk about in the uh, okay. later part yeah. of the podcast so what attracts you towards the sport so much like of course you uh, enter the sport uh, by chance say. Mm-hmm. But now, what attracts you about it the most? It's I don't know. Like you just keep going back. Like I enjoy fighting. Like you're putting yourself. It. Like, I don't know if unless you actually fight, you won't really experience it. Mm. But you gotta be in a different. You gotta train your mind. Besides the whole weight cut or whatever, that that's secondary. But you're getting into a fight. Mm. You know the risk involved. You're signing a waiver. Mm. But you know the feeling when you win mm. is is crazy. Like, you can't describe it, you know. And you just and you're there to test your limits. And I always tell my guys, whether it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, mm. but experience that. Experience that pressure, you know. Like uh, yesterday, you were at the gym and we were playing some games, right? It. It's really stupid. Like, why would people play games in a jiu-jitsu gym? Mm. But and the winning, the guy who was the best, he was so engrossed in the game that uh, he did his. He did his reps and then he went on. We were playing X and Zero, and he put the ball somewhere else. He could have won that, yeah. but he made a stupid mistake because of the pressure yeah. that was there, and then the whole team lost. Yeah. Right? So and they all had to do bow pieces. Yes. Right? yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's a different feeling yeah. when you win, you know. But you also learn how to control your mind, and I think the more you fight, the more calmer and the more confident you get. And that passes like, on to your. Other part of a life. Yes. Also. So even when I fight, I when I watch my guys fight before me, the same they're fighting probably beginners, you know, and you see them winning, it builds up on you. Mm. It takes away that anxiety. Right. Right. But it's not to say that every fight you enter, I have butterflies in my stomach. Like, why am I doing this? But the moment you say tap, boom, you're at it. Yeah. But it builds. It definitely helps. You see your guys winning, it helps. You see the guys losing. You're a little pulled down, you know, but it's it's emotions right. and it's it's nice to experience that sometimes. And it's like uh, I'm never like in if I have a competition training the gym, we are very very serious about it. There's no joking, there's no fooling around. We're at it. Mm. You're at a good level with the guy. You can talk shit, no problem. But mm. when you're in a fight, like I tell them, have fun, mm. just have fun, mm. right? And play your game. Yeah, just do it. So. But it's something you should experience to understand, like at least once. Exactly, like uh, every BJJ fighter I meet yeah. or talk says the exact same thing. Like you have to compete once, yes. just once in a. Even life. if it's a beginner tournament, doesn't yeah, have exactly. to be professional. Doesn't have to be a big tournament, it, a small local one. Do it. Yeah, it changes you. It changes your mindset. It changes you completely. Yes, uh, like you said, it humbles you. It motivates you. It pushes you. I mean, a lot. Someone who. Does that can only talk about it much better than what I can speak on. But uh, so, as an athlete, uh, what was the one high point and one low point of your career till now in BJJ? Uh, I can kickboxing and MMA also, but uh, you have highs and lows. It it and especially like when you are tired and you're going against a guy who's fresh, you're yeah. gonna have a bad day. Mm. Or sometimes a coach is gonna make you have a bad day. Right? You're doing everything right and you're still getting shit from him. So, and being a yeah, so you're going to get smashed, you're going to smash people sometimes. So, you definitely have that regular in training. So, it, and, uh, but then you think, you know, why am I doing this? What have you learned from Jiu-Jitsu? Like, okay. how do you, Jiu-Jitsu is a lifestyle for me now. It's not just normal training and fighting. It's lifestyle, right? You know, when you're under someone in side mount getting smashed, you know that at some point... I'm going to get out. Either he's going to get tired or I'm going to escape. 
and mm. you are there it's a very very uncomfortable feeling you're getting smashed but you know for a fact i'm going to get back up mm. even if it means tapping mm. it's okay to tap but you're going to get back up and you're going to get again and the next time you might be lucky and submit him mm. or you're going to escape mm. so the same time in life you're going to have a low point but now you just thought me i'm going to get back up it's not going to be low for the next one year right you have a one bad day that bad day is probably it's a day it's going to end tomorrow and then to, the next day it's a whole new day uh, it's up to you if you want to continue that bad day or you're going to start again right and this just taught me this like yeah you're down tomorrow you're going to be up high and low keeps happening okay but it's it's just a part of the game okay right? nothing but, particular like Not, yeah nothing nothing particular like definitely when when you win a comp you feel like god so which and one you come your, back to the gym and getting smashed you participate in a lot of competitions yes. so which one was like a personal favorite of yours this is going to be really surprising but the best fight that i had was when i lost so i fought a super fight in thailand mm-hmm. against a guy who was like 10 kgs heavier than me he was a purple belt for like 5 years i just got a purple belt mm-hmm. and everyone in my gym told me you're going to lose in under a minute and i'm like why are they doing this to set up <laughs> yeah right like so i talked to my coach and i'm like are you putting me to fight against this guy mm. he's like just do it are you scared i'm like i am scared okay first of all he's brazilian <laughs> he's been <laughs> here all his life he's like you're indian i'm like what do you mean he's like indians don't get scared just go fucking fight <laughs> like okay man let's just do it and if you say so let's do it mm. and he's like you're going to lose but you're going to fight So I'm like yeah okay cool I'm going to lose it under a minute because apparently this guy was on as the golden boy I forget and really good yeah okay cool so, and for that exactly one month everyone tells you you're going to lose mm. so it's now it's in your mind whether you like it or not it's in your mind you're going to go and lose mm. so I'm like cool man let's just just go do and see what happens and until one coach on the black belt is like what's your favorite submission mm. I'm like yes cuz I want triangles and it's like Every day I don't care how tired you are after your class we're going to do 20 flying triangles. Mm. And I'm like shit. <laughs> I've never done the flying triangle in my life. He's like you're going to learn. So he taught me how to flying triangle and we do it every day. Every day. Rep 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 rep. I think in one and a half week that we were doing that I did like over 200 reps. Right? And and then before the fight he's like you're going to go in there and you're going to fly triangle him. Like, <laughs> Shit, man. Those are my expectations. He's like, you're going to beat him in under a minute. I'm like, that's that's bad. <laughs> okay, let's go. So, fight starts. I'm scared. Go in. I shoot my flying triangle as the fight starts and I miss. I'm like, I'm dead. Because <laughs> he just casually just pushes me off and I'm like, I'm dead. Uh-huh. So, and then I closed guard on him and then the next thing I realized, but I missed the triangle. But that shook him up so much mm. and now he's struggling to pass my guard i'm like this guy can't pass my guard mm. if he can't pass my guard he can't hurt me mm. and then after that someone yells one minute and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> i've survived the minute man let's let's just go and i kept attacking i kept attacking and i was surprised like i'm like i'm the one who's attacking mm. right he wrist locked me i'm like no nah, let's just go just keep going keep going keep going Uh, I tried some really fancy shit that I have never tried in my life. <laughs> I decided to try it in the fight, and people were shocked. Yeah. And uh, but and out of the eight minute fight, in the seventh minute, he got me, mm. and it was a fair win. I'm like, and I was like, but for the first time, I was not disappointed in my loss. Right. I, it was super, super. I was like, I cried after that fight. Yeah, because I still lost. Because I believe that that one minute I could have held a little bit more, right? Had I done this, had I done this, had I done this, I learned so much from that. Mm. Like that one fight, I learned so much. Like and and then you just see the way people look at it. They're like, how? Like this was not expected. But a lot of respect was earned that day. Yeah, I think. yeah. But and when you, I even now when I go into a fight, I watch that fight as. a warm up yeah <laughs> right cuz i know what i'm capable of now like that time i was under confident that people just kept telling you're going to lose but so and i used that like okay i can do this i can do this i can do this so i used that fight to 
you know, go ahead. Even though I lost, but it's been my best fight ever. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, like speaking about mistakes, uh, according to you, what are the biggest mistakes which amateurs do in uh, jiu-jitsu? Firstly, not tapping on time. So, a lot of guys, especially the guys who have already been training in some kind of form, like maybe it could be dance, it can be yoga, or whatever, you know, and they have amazing mobility, and they're like, oh, you know what, my elbows aren't going to pop, I'm really, really, really flexible. And I'm like, until a point. You don't feel anything, and all of a sudden, pop. So, firstly, they don't tap on time, which could get them injured. Uh, And then, also... A lot of guys watch UFC a lot. UFC or grappling, one championship or whatever. And they look at these high-level black belts moving so fast. And and then they come to the gym and they're trying the exact same thing. Hmm. But nothing's actually working. Right. And I'm like, you guys have to slow down. They were like, no, we can do this. I'm like, no, you got to slow down. If you don't know what to do next, all this speed is useless. Right. You want to slow down. Learn the technique, know what to do, and then increase your speed slow. You don't have to be fast. you got to be smooth. Smooth is fast. Mm. So, I think that's a major mistake people do. They just think, oh, I can do exactly what I'm watching on TV. But it's not that way. It takes years of practice. Exactly. They, they what they're that. forgetting is, those guys have been training all their life at right, that moment. Right, right. And you're coming in one month into the thing. and you're just So, we call them spazzy white belts. They're <laughs> <laughs> just spazzing around. So, yeah, that's, I think... A major mistake that they do. Okay. Something which they can avoid. Yes. Yes. Apart from BJJ, uh, you said you did science, right? Yes. And so how did that whole thing happen? Like you went from science to, I want to know more on that. Yeah. Uh, like both, my, my dad's a professor. So he's like, ah, you got to study, you got to study. And I'm like, man, I mean, but let's do it. You know, like, why not? So I did science. And then again, like I said, I did, I, I did bio IT. So PCM, BIT. Yeah. Then I went into, I did BCA in college, mm. uh, that's computer applications, and then I got a job as a backup engineer in Wipro. I worked for three days, <laughs> I was like, nah, not working and out for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't get myself to sit on a desk job from 9 in the morning to 5 in the evening and repairing computers. It's mm. like, and it's a little annoying because someone just comes, dumps a computer in front of you and like, hey, it's not working. And I'm like, what's the problem? They're like, it's not working. I'm like... You go to a doctor, you tell them, what's the problem with you? You yeah, just don't say I'm sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? exactly. But I don't know. It just didn't work out for me. I just mm. didn't enjoy what I was doing. I'm like, nah, this is something I don't want to do. Mm. You pay me a lakh, I'm not doing this shit. But besides, uh, now also doing computer calculation, uh, sorry, BCA, I was also doing a degree in photography. Okay. So luckily that picked up from me at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was still making some money out of it. And like all amateur photographers, you start off with weddings mm. so that you can afford your equipment. Oh, so you did weddings? <laughs> yes. Uh, and then once... Do you, still, do you still do it or...? No, no, not at all. So, and then from there, once we had the equipment, I got into agencies and then we tra- I transitioned into architecture photography. Okay. So the agency that I worked with, we did a lot of architecture. So, uh, they, they give you work and we shoot interiors next years of flats and mm. stuff. Uh, sometimes hotels as well or we even travel all around india and keep shooting stuff so that worked out well i still do it but it's not as often as it was before mm. obviously after lockdown things are different because everything went on pause and then until the actual building comes up you're going to shoot right yeah and then but after wipro you directly went into photography i was doing it alongside okay i was anyways doing it but it's not like an everyday shoot then when you left wipro so uh i i there was a opening in microsoft gaming okay and I went that's, into that's that. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it sounds cool. It sounds cool. Yeah. But it's not as cool as it sounds. Okay. <laughs> that's so, yeah, there's a lot of coding and stuff, which mm. I didn't really, I don't really understand that. Mm. I was like, nah. so, so you were there for a few? Months? I was there for seven days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you left. Yeah, I left that as well. The very same reason? Yeah, just not not my thing. Mm. I cannot get myself to sit in one place and do that shit. Mm. But then luckily, photography was picking up and then I just went ahead with that okay so how important is like was the role of a family because like you know going from one job to another yeah job and so then... my dad was always very very supportive of me okay. like i'm like dad i want to do this he's like go do it mm. he would never ever stop me mm. right so uh but he's like at the same time you got to stand up on your own feet right i'm not gonna be supporting you all your life mm. so uh when i left 
you know whatever work i was doing he was yeah obviously any parent would be like you know what are you doing with life mm. but i was still making money to photography right he was like cool yeah go ahead do it mm. and then uh when he saw me into going into martial arts and i'm like you know what my first year he sponsored me okay he's like yeah go <laughs> so i was like this is brilliant yeah and uh get faith in you it faith in everybody yeah and I mean, it, it is an, an expensive trip, right? Like, right. Don't spend a lot of money. And then second year also, he helped me out a little bit, and so he's always been supportive. But even if it came to racing, he knew it's a stupid, dangerous sport. I've broken my hand. I've broken my jaw on my cycle. I'm having a cycle and like, you know, kid, I've broken my jaw. Mm. I've broken my hand. I've broken my leg. Bones literally cracked, mm. and it was a huge task to convince him mm. that I want to ride a bike. <laughs> right so but he's always been supportive like it's all fun and jokes for us right now but the amount yes. of pain you have gone through yes i mean yeah it's underrated yeah <laughs> so it's unreal but man my dad's always been supportive like you want to do it you go do it hmm. right like there's there's no looking back just that's enjoy. amazing yeah. Dude, yeah so uh, i mean you have been a part of the bj community in bombay mumbai since the last decade So, what do you think about the whole BJ community in Bombay, and um, from where you started and mm-hmm. the current situation? I wouldn't right say now? a decade because I only started coaching in 2019. Okay, so four once years. Once I got my blue belt, yeah. yes. And uh, so no, but as an athlete, when you started, like yeah, but it was not that great. Okay, right. And uh, at least I, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but at least in Bombay. A lot of gyms will say we're teaching you MMA, mm-hmm. but it's purely kickboxing. I can literally count legit MMA gyms mm. in Bombay. Okay, there are very, very few. Very few. Yeah. Who will actually teach you some kind of ground game wrestling? The fundamentals so, of BJJ. Yes. Okay, and there are gyms that teach you good jiu-jitsu as well. Mm. Okay, but very few. Mm. Very few. Compared, if you put it on Google, like. How many gyms in Bombay do you visit? So, like a list of gyms. Yeah. yeah. How many of them are legit? Three, so, four. Like, but how do you decide? For example, tomorrow I I want to join mm-hmm. a BJJ gym. I type in BJJ, like like you said. Yes. In Bombay, and a list comes up. Yes. So I mean, how do you like decide which ones are good, which ones are the proper ones? So it's a lot. To do. So firstly, you want to find out how much experience the coach has. Okay. Right. What belt is he? Mm. What belt? Is the coach at the gym? Okay. Right. Okay. He says I'm a purple belt. Mm. I'm a blue belt. Or I'm at this. I'm a brown belt. What's your lineage? Lineage. lineage. Yes. Okay. Right. Who gave you this belt? Mm. Which makes a big difference. Mm. Because a lot of guys can say, "Oh, I got. I'm a. I'm a jiu-jitsu black belt." And it's it's it happened in Bombay, and you'll be surprised in Andheri. Mm. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu, mm. and we know for a fact that there's no black belt here. Mm. But Like I'm a black belt, and then if you go on YouTube, you put up his name. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of abroad uh, fighters have called him out, including the Gracies. Mm. It's a scam, mm. right? So you want to ask your coach, what's your lineage? Right. Okay. Besides that, does your coach have a competition team? Okay. Are he really raising fighters, or he's just doing it for fun? Like in your case, it's Professor Olav. Yes. So, so I get my belt from Professor Olavo. Yeah, so, so Professor Olavo gets his belt directly from Carlson Gracie. Okay, so you need to check the lineage the lineage of the, of the coach also from yes. where the your yeah, coach yeah. has got it. Or okay. they can just name some na- random Brazilian and they'll be, and they'll be like, oh, I got my belt from him. But mm. is that guy legit? Is he actually registered on IBJJF or is he an actual world champion or fighting? Okay, mm. and I think if you want to have a good coach, that coach has to understand competition mindset. is that coach competing or at least competed in the past okay okay i'm not saying you have to compete to be a coach but if your student wants to compete how are you going to guide him if you've never been through that right makes sense yeah and it's it's pretty much out there like if you google a gym right now and not only mine but if you google another legend Anyways, gym yeah. they are coaches competing mm. till now uh, i'm not going to say young But they're still there. They're fighting right. masters, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's commendable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you. But what about the guys who say like, they are the MMA gyms? Are like, oh, we're teaching MMA, but they don't know basic jujitsu, and they've never ever fought a jujitsu fight in their life. Mm-hmm. How are they going to guide you mm-hmm. if you want to actually fight one day? 
right? So it's, it's going to be a mess. So you have to see the lineage of the. You want to see the lineage. You want to see experience. You know, uh, maybe talk to people. Check out reviews. Mm-hmm. What people say. Uh, what about what about the reviews of people who are coming from outside, from a different state or different country, and they've trained over there? What do they have to say about it? Mm-hmm. I think that makes a very big difference. Okay. Right. So yeah, I mean, and it's. It's not too difficult to find out. I mean, that's helpful for uh, people like us. Like yes, uh, like when you come to biking, you said you used to race before. Yes. Now it's more to do with weekend biking. Like, yes. So I mean, how did your love for biking start? And was I was like, always a two wheeler guy. Like okay. from the time I was like a kid, I was in Dubai. I used to cycles. Mm-hmm. I used to love riding cycles. Transition to bikes, mm-hmm. and it's just there, like. love like when you actually go on a road trip it's amazing mm. like yeah obviously and and they fast bikes right right so you got to be careful at the same time you just enjoy the ride like you don't have to like stress out it's like more of a stress buster for me mm. like sunday morning start your bike we we usually ride in the gujarat uh, road we go to the border we have breakfast at some pasi restaurant <laughs> in the middle of nowhere have a cup of tea and then we're back Wow. So you're off by 6 a.m. You do around 150 kilometers or 120 kilometers, and then you're back by 10 a.m. The rest of your day is packed out, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's amazing. Like for me, I I love doing that. And then if you're not doing that as well, just do road trips. I go rather than just flying to a different state to see places. I might as well do it in the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be surprised. Like why? Oh, if I'm on Instagram, I'm, I'm I'm like recently I did a road trip to Rajasthan, mm. right? Okay, I'm guys. I'm doing a road trip to Rajasthan, and then random people on your way from be it Ahmedabad, Wapi, uh, like, hey man, Can need any help? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. You want to catch up for a coffee? If you're taking a break, yeah, yeah. We're gonna show you some stuff over here. Mm-hmm. So we stop at Ahmedabad. Some random dude on another super bike comes to you. You're just chilling, like you know him for years together. Such a cool way to socialize, like yeah. And then you go to I I was in Udaipur, and then there was a biking group in Udaipur. Mm. They came to our hotel. They met us, showed us around, like and then like as if we are locals over there. You get to see places that we don't want to do. Which are not tourist apps. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're still so cool, like yeah. you know. And you're riding around with a bunch of other bikers, like twenty other bikers. We were like three of us doing the road trip, mm. and then you're just riding around with someone else. But it's just. Just chilling, partying, or whatever, and then they, and then from Udaipur we were also going to Mount Abu. So they rode with us halfway to Mount Abu, mm. showing us a different road that Google Maps wouldn't actually take <laughs> you through. But this road was beautiful. You have mm. streams on one side, you have mountains on the other side. Wow! Not a single pothole, no patchwork, cold wind. It's amazing. So. How else would I get to know about this road? Right. You know, so it's you're meeting new people. It's just it's a nice thing, and you're also exploring. It's, that's it's amazing. Your, your uh, passion of photography also comes in because, yeah. like I said, yeah. you need to go on his Instagram page to see like the combination of cool pictures with bikes. So, so we'll uh, come to our last part of the podcast, which is the uh, rapid fire section, mm-hmm. where I ask you eight questions, and you have to answer as fast <laughs> as possible. Okay. So we'll start. Uh, your dream bike. My dream bike. Is actually I'm gonna be getting it next year. Wow, so, which uh, one? It's a BMW GS 300. As okay. of now, they have a 1250. They are coming out with a new one, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm definitely gonna get that now. Uh, yeah. Any color, speci- uh, specific color in that? They have the BMW colors, the white, blue, and red. Okay. So I'm gonna stick to that. Next I, year. I don't prefer an all black bike. Okay, that's color, next like year. I like colorful. Pardon? Next year. Definitely yes. Okay. <laughs> Your favorite BJJ move? I'd say triangles. I mean, it's it's pretty much out there. Like, if you watch any video on YouTube of me, my go-to move in a fight is a triangle. Like, I set them up. I've been doing triangles, so I mean, it just works for uh, thin people like me with long legs. Then just yeah, lock so them up. Eat, eat, sleep, and yeah, triangles. Triangles. <laughs> uh, your favorite belt color as a fighter? I'd say white. White. Surprising, and, yeah. And why it's, is that? It's amazing. There's there's no pressure on you. You can go and you can lose. <laughs> As many fights as you want, <laughs> you're not answerable to anyone. Yeah, the coach doesn't give a shit about yeah. your white belts. You just go have fun. Right. The yeah. higher you go with the belt, like when I was a small blue belt, it's like a target on your back. A small blue belt, screw mm-hmm. him up. Now mm-hmm. they can say, "Oh, the white belt screws you up." I'm like, ah, that or the blue belt, right? Yeah. When you go to purple, this will be my toughest belt till date. Mm-hmm. 
because now you're a purple belt. Now you have to really sure. fight every round for your life against big guys, you know, especially these Russians. Yeah. So it's it's difficult. It's a lot mm. of pressure mm. when you go into a fight. Now the level is so big because you have world class purple belts who are beating black belts, and and I'm a fresh purple belt. I think it's getting eaten up. Yeah. So purple is difficult. Def- definitely really tough for me. But white belt is the best. I tell all my guys as well. You know. fight as much as you can in the white belt gain all the experience, experience you can yeah. it's amazing mm. there's no stress no one gives a shit if you lose <laughs> <laughs> your favorite bjj fighter i don't really uh go down to like one fighter because okay. i usually pick different like if if you talk about that he was like nicholas marigali you talk about a small guy fighting i like mikey musumachi because right? he's a small guy still smashing bigger guys it's crazy uh So different people for different moves, okay. but overall, yeah, I'd say Gary Tonin. Okay, it's a surprise because he—it's not a lot of victory, but the way he fights is entertaining. Like okay. he does—he's not afraid to take risks. Mm. Right, it's just there. It's like or Renato Canuto. Like okay. the Gary Tonin versus Renato Canuto was the best fight to watch because they're so explosive. Eight minutes of non-stop going at it. There's no breaks. It's like no chilling. There's no bullshit happening. They're trying flying shit, trying rolling shit. It's it's fun to watch. It's not boring. It's not like a stalling and waiting in there. They're doing stuff. They're not like they're not scared to tap out. So I I love fighters like that. Yeah. Okay, got it. One thing you wish to change in the Indian BJJ community? Ego. Ego. <laughs> so like, uh, when you're in Phuket mm. and a new gym opens up, you know. and they having a tournament all the other gyms will go to support that gym you have an open mat people from different gyms will go to that open mat right and their coaches will never stop them mm. the problem in bombay i'm not going to speak for india again so the problem in bombay is no one comes to the open mat it's it's your gym it's your sub gyms but a different gym will not and the coaches don't really encourage their guys to go to a different gym and train they're scared they're insecure so also it's the ego right but so i'm hoping that could change with okay. time and i do see a little bit of change but i think we could get a little you know support each other's gym i mean there's no poaching everyone brings in yeah I mean, I could learn. Like, I'm a purple belt, but if I'm going against someone who's a, a lower belt or a white belt as well, mm. and if I'm learning something, why not? Right. Right. Mm. And we've got some good guys, so why not? So, right. I I would like that. The best advice you have received. Sometimes you gotta give to get back. Mm. And that's exactly what you're doing right now. I I yeah, definitely. I didn't even think of this, but as a coach, uh, yeah. It, sometimes yeah in a fight as well like you have to give you have to give away position to actually get back something right and it all came in it all grew up in one one particular fight that i realized a lot like, you have to just give hmm. and then you can take something back your favorite road to drive on in india i've been a lot but i think the gujarat highway is the best the entire state the entire I, I, the national highway across them yes yes it's it's nice uh the roads are wide brilliant to me speed limit is okay. i don't know all right <laughs> <laughs> you uh, don't really look at those <laughs> <laughs> the last one so who's your inspiration i think my coach the coach like, professor walavo is a gem of a person like i i have i'm yet to meet another human like him right he's so warm so welcoming always smiling but yet so smart mm. if he feels your ego is shooting up he goes how to bring it down mm. if you're having a low he knows how to bring it on top mm. and it just the energy and the vibe around him is so so amazing mm. i really look up to him mm. like and even if i'm having a bad day if i'm i'm struggling with something i i and i call him up like you know coach i need help he's always guiding me uh he is a guy who's very very disciplined so he's, he usually sleeps early wakes up early if i say you know coach i have some problem today uh with the gym with this technique or you know i need to help you with he's there on zoom it's probably like 10:30 in the night and he is awake sitting in his house only waiting for me with a big smile on his face to help me out you know how many people actually do this to you nowadays it's it's difficult to find such people 
and it, for what? Like I don't give him anything back. Right. Just he's doing it because he likes. And it completely aligns with your thought process. Like he's so nice to you. So when yeah. someone will ask you, you're bound to be nice to that person because you yeah. have learned from the yeah. best. I'm so I'm I'm going Monday. I'm flying off <laughs> to fuck it. I can't wait to see him. <laughs> Perfect. We'll we'll see. Hopefully, see a uh, photo of yours with him soon. Definitely a smiling photo. <laughs> <laughs> Always. So. Thank you, Carl, for taking out time Thank for this podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, small podcast, uh, very short one, mm-hmm. but uh, touched a few things about your life. Hopefully, we'll again have you soon and talking more about in depth about certain things. Definitely, uh, I'd love because you have a bunch. Like, I mean, we just scratch the surface. Like, there's, I mean, there's biking, yeah. there's combat sports, there's uh, photography, and yeah. there's much more. I mean, you're an athlete for a lot of brands. Yes. Uh, hopefully, soon. Definitely. So, thank you so much for thank you. And we'll again, have you soon. It's lovely having you. <laughs> thank you. Are you good? You can yeah. take this off. Done. Good. How long was this? Uh, it was an one, hour at least. No, one minute. Uh, one hour, one minute. Oh, cool.